Hello and welcome to the Terror Test. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And as fans of horror, our goal is to weigh the merits of films based on three categories. Production, monster quality, and scare factor to decide whether to admit them into our sacred horror canon. In this podcast, we will put horror movies to the test to determine what to watch next, what's worth revisiting, and what to recommend to the uninitiated. Number two pencils ready, and begin. All right, so this week we're going to be talking about um, the novella by Henry James, The Turn of the Screw, the movie version of that story, The Innocents, and Good Night, Mommy. So, yes, so all of these have to do with, um, what, un- unreliable um, people, un- unreliable women who take care of children. Well, I was going to say, like, this is just reasons why little kids freak me out. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> like, why I, I'm scared let's go with that. of children under the age of 14. Yes. <laughs> okay, perfect. That's why I decided to teach high school is because I'm scared of children under the age of 14. Even, like, even my own daughter now, she's about almost a year and a half. And it's, there's things in these movies and things she's starting to do now that freak me out. They, they're, these kids are creepy. Yeah, really creepy. Even in the old, I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was going to be, oh, child act, actors uh-huh. from In the Innocence. And I was like, no, they, they really scare me yeah. in that movie. You could also say this episode is called The Terror Test Has Mommy Issues. Yeah. Because um, that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, okay. So let's get started with The Turn of the Screw. So. Yes. So this is written by Henry James. It was published in 1898. So this is definitely our oldest um, entry. So let's get started with production. So production, we're looking at uh, to see that it's timeless in the power and effectiveness of its writing, plot, characters, um, iconography, and portrayal of its subject matter. So okay. So a rundown of this. Um, well, we have um, a young um, woman. She is going to be a sort of nanny or caretaker governess is governess what they call her is, in the yeah instance. the word and so um she uh goes to this huge estate and takes care of the children and then starts to see some ghosts mm-hmm. um, and i feel like to set it up she kind of says and sounds like what um most every elementary school teacher that i talk to she's like i love kids like yeah. she loves children yeah. She really wants to take care of somebody else's children. <laughs> yeah. And so it I first came across this book as an undergrad. We had to read it for some English class. And we had to read it because it was just this classic example of an unreliable narrator. So I feel like we have to start there with with that um plot device of you know did she were the ghost real or Mm -hmm. not yeah i think so well let's let's talk first about the the writing it's henry james let's just check that off like he's he's a great writer how to write um but it is that 19th century style um which really turns a lot of people off so like if you didn't like the scarlet letter Mm -hmm. or you don't like even in in nathaniel hawthorne short stories you're probably not gonna like reading this probably not I, I mean, I he, think... He uses a narrative frame. He does. Um, I, I think it's absolutely beautifully written. I agree. Like it's um, very flowery um, prose that is 
at four, as an English teacher, you just, you love to, mm. to read, but, um, I could see how it would turn certain people off. Yeah. Yeah. Just as a read, I think it's worth reading. I just don't know if it's for everybody. Per, I think just production wise, just like the words mm-hmm. on the page. Yeah. Um, but in terms of character, but because it is so well-written, I think the character development, development of the narrators and especially her relationship to the children, yeah. um, is gets really deep. It's not surface level at all. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so I think that falls into production in terms of character development. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I mean, just because it's energy, I have to give it a point in production. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any argument. Okay. May, <laughs> All right. It's, it's not a well-written. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's tight. It's yeah. well-structured. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it was really quick to read, even yeah. though, um, some of the prose is like a little bit difficult mm-hmm. to at least get used to like the rhythm and the word choice. Yeah. I felt like for me, what did you think about the frame story? Why do you think it would, it's in there? I think it's to introduce that idea that she could be unreliable to show that, um, somebody is looking at the story from an outsider's perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that's why he did it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it adds to the, um, the realism when you have yeah. this, you know, our narrator who, you know, hears this from someone else. Um, it, he, he reads it, he, his friend reads it mm-hmm. out loud. And so He's hearing it, and so we don't know if it's true or not. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think the 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 character, the the narrator, he he is all he also questions it. It's you know it's the nineteenth century version of found footage. I feel you know because like <laughs> oh, I feel totally. like that's the that's the tool go to. I mean, we even see that we see that in Frankenstein. We see that. In, yeah. Um, even in you know in parts of Dracula, it's it's uh-huh. just like the a la mode. It's yeah. Um, so let's talk about monster quality. Um, films, monster, uh, the books, monsters are frightening, clearly relate to archetypal fears and have depth. Um, so what, let's start. What or who is the monster here? Is she the monster? Are the children, the monsters Are the ghosts she's seeing monsters. Well, I guess let's start with the ghosts okay. because that's our traditional monster. Yeah. Um, and it felt like it follows the way that these ghosts show up. They're just like standing there looking oh, uh-huh. like they just appear as these figures. So uh, let me, I'll, I'll recount that real quick. So when she gets to the place, to the manor, to the estate, um, she begins hearing things um, and then also seeing these figures and come to find out that these figures are actually people who once worked there and have since died mm-hmm. um, and were in a relationship. Like there's a backstory for those characters, yeah. but um, even when I'll talk about this in the innocence too, is I did feel like the appearance of those figures was like, it follows. It's like, they're taking the form yeah. of, of whatever. And just kind of like, not, not stalking, like walking, stalking her, but they appear from a distance and then they gradually like their appearances become closer. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a monster, I, I, what I like about that is because it continues that question of her reliability. Mm-hmm. Um, she sees them. She's convinced the children see them. And so that begins like her conflict with the children. She thinks yeah. that they're tricking, like tricking her. Yeah. Um, this re- reading this book really brought me back to Crimson Peak. Oh yeah. Um, 
and even in the the director's commentary for that Guillermo del Toro says that he was emulating Henry James um and so that idea of the ghost being a reminder of the past um I think works really well in this story um you know the the governess she she's entering a place that has a history and so that history is you know manifesting itself as ghosts and um i i think the the fear is that they um you know that that the man was somehow influencing miles mm -hmm. um to be uh you know i, I don't know how, how to describe it what uh, um to be like seductive like uh to be maybe it's not seductive but to be controlling to be manipulative yeah um to um exercise his will not only through miles the kid but mm -hmm. also on the outside world so controlling her almost like i feel like there's and i, I haven't had a lot of time to like think through it all the way but like there's got to be some connection between that idea of control um, with her as the governess, with the kid, with the possession by the ghost, and the control of the uncle. The uncle, like, basically wants to control the situation of the orphans by not being a part of their lives. Right. Um, so he's pushing him away. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that all goes together somehow, but I'm not. I haven't thought it all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're, that that man, um, he, he goes by Peter Quint. Quint, in, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's in the book, too. Mm -hmm. I just have it for the movie. Okay, so... Um, so Quint, um, he he seems to be like this sort of father-like figure um, yeah. for Miles, and so um, I and the governess is trying to assert herself as a mother figure, and so and that, the father. I mean, she's the only. Yeah, that's yeah. true, and and so just this this you know conflict um, between. Um, between parents in a way I think is um oh that's it's an interesting like connection too to Goodnight Mommy when we talk about it it's like who is my real mother like for these orphans yeah like they're not able to find like their real mother their real father so they have to constantly question and rebel yeah against that yeah that's good I like yeah. that <laughs> but but going back to the ghost like do we think it's a quality monster I think we've seen like we can go into the archetype with uh -huh. them but why, but my question is like, and this goes to depth, I think is like, why are they revealing their self to her? I mean, I think you kind of hinted at that, like she's trying to take on that role, Uh huh. but she doesn't know these people. Right. I think it's, I think even more interesting than the ghosts is, is how the governess responds to the ghosts. Okay. Which, be, be, because you know, whether the ghosts are real or not, we don't know. And we're not meant to know. Um, it, it's supposed to be ambiguous, but like how she reacts to the ghost, that's everything because it ends up, you know, with the death of miles. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, I think that, you know, like Crimson Peak, where it, it's not the ghosts that are mm. the true monsters, it's, it's the people I think we have something similar here where, you know, she, I think she's the true monster. Mm -hmm. 
even though she she doesn't intend to be, mm-hmm. um, that's who she becomes. Yeah, it's that question um, that we saw <clears throat> with. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting what's the movie in the book that we also read. Yeah, the Shirley Jackson. Yeah, uh, uh, haunting of Hill House. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's like the haunting of Hill House. Like, does the house drive her crazy, or yeah. is she crazy when she goes there? Right. Like, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. So is is the monster <laughs> psychosis? <laughs> like, what is it? Or <laughs> is if if she is the monster yeah what what is it um i mean not not being able to trust reality um um not not being able to overcome the past um I don't, is, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know what you... is, but like, what is her past? That's the thing is that I feel like in um, a haunting of Hill House, we get an insight into uh, her world before she goes yeah. to the house, and we see that it's just completely turned upside down. Uh-huh. Um, that kind of causes that. I don't feel like I get that in this story. It's like she just shows up. Well, I don't think it's yeah her past. Well, so she's very um, she's very religious, right? Her father mm-hmm. was a pastor, mm-hmm. and so. Actually, I, I do think that that does play into it, because um, she she's very um, I don't know if sheltered is the right word. Yeah, she's super trusting. She's like so quick to assume that these kids are perfect. Yeah, she goes on rants about like how beautiful or intelligent mm-hmm. or well spoken. Like she gets addicted to these kids right away. Yeah. Um, which I think is disturbing. So is that is love the monster? <laughs> is nurturing the monster? Um, like yeah, I mean, may, maybe the adult who is kind of overstepping her bounds, could overstepping be. her responsibility. It could be. Um, I kind of saw that just, you know, being a teacher, that's, especially in the movie, there are definitely some scenes that were kind of making me uncomfortable. Oh, um, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> when we talk about the movie, let's, let's talk about miles and all that. Cause like that, but what I was, yeah, we'll talk about it with the movie. Um, so do you want to give it a point for monster quality? It seems like we have a lot to say about it, but is it frightening? Like, were you scared by the potential monsters? Like I said, I was scared by the kids. <laughs> the kids freaked me out. Um, well, I mean the, the real question, you know, about, is it scary goes to scare factor, but, but it, I mean, I think in, you know, the, the monsters are frightening in nature. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I have to get a point because we are able to talk about it. Yeah. With these layers is a scare factor. Uh, it needs to have a clear intent to scare and be successful in that objective from beginning to end. I like the ending of this. Yeah. In terms of scare factor. Uh, because it remains ambiguous. Mm-hmm. We don't know where she's going to go after Miles dies from his heart attack, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And we don't know if she caused it through her insistence that, like, you see him, you mm-hmm. see him. And then he admits and he says, yeah, I see him. Um, but we don't know if that's really happening or if she's, like, forcing this yeah. young child. Um, there were moments. I don't know. I think I would say I'm definitely scared by the movie, and we can get to that with the movie. I don't know if I'm scared by the story, though. I, I'm gonna have to say no on this. Um, 
I I appreciated it so much um, on the literary level. Um, it didn't really do anything for me um, on the the visceral mm-hmm. scare factor. I mean, it just it. It was only the scenes where she's like infatuated with Miles that mm-hmm. really kind of unnerved me while I was reading. Yeah. Because that, like I said, there's even points there where I wasn't sure how old Miles was mm. um, until a little bit later. I had to keep like rechecking myself, like, how old is this kid? Because she yeah. seems like she's in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can't give it a point either. I mean, I think it's definitely an honorable mention. I think it's worth reading Ooh, for like a, yeah. a horror fan, but I, I don't, I wouldn't say it's worth, worth it for the canon. I wouldn't. No, I, I think that, you know, the, the person that wants to look more into like the origins of the horror genre. Yeah. Um, it's, would it's definitely... ghost, it's possession. Uh-huh. Um, it's crazy mommy. Yeah. Um, I it, think it has a lot of all those foundations. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think it would definitely be worth reading for that. For the casual horror fan, probably not mm-hmm. so much. Because it's not going to be, back to that idea of engagement, I don't think it's going to be engaging as like uh, like a Poe short story. Yeah, um, or, or the the other literary works that we have in the canon. Hellbound like, Heart. Yeah, the Hellbound Heart or Carrie yeah. or something yeah, like yeah. that. So Cool. All right, okay. well, let's, um, so it looks like it's going in an honorable mention. Can yeah. I ask real quick, too, I haven't decided what the title means, the turn of the screw. It comes up in the first, like, two pages Yeah. as it, another turn of the screw. Is it, <laughs> is that, like, an allusion to, like, a, 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 the turn of the screw for her, like, taking her one more step forward into insanity? Um, I, I think you can look at that layer um yeah I, I think the the beginning is where it comes from you know it's if a story it, what is it if a ghost story no if, if a story has a ghost that is scary but then adding a kid is another turn of the screw uh-huh. right so it's so just the possession it, part well yeah and just like our fear of something happening to children Mm-hmm. Um, is scary, and so that um, that just adds to it. So it seems like a very um, meta title. Oh, totally. And, it, and this is the quote: "It says, says I quite agree in regard to Griffin's ghost, or whatever it was.' And this is when they're discussing like uh-huh. the, the found in the, the frames. Yeah, um, that is appearing first to the little boy. It's so tender in age, adds a particular touch. But it's not the first occurrence occurrence of its charming kind that I know to have involved a child. If the child gives the effect." another turn of the screw. Um, what do you say to two children? Um, so yeah, it's just that like that twists mm-hmm. to it. So it's not just a ghost story. Yeah. And it's not just one child. It's two, <laughs> which is going to work great with good night, mommy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the innocence. Okay. So this was released in 1961, directed by Jack Clayton, written by William Archibald and Truman Capote. Starring Deborah Kerr as Miss Giddens, governess. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, so starting with production, uh, again, we're looking at the power and effectiveness of its writing, direction, acting, cinematography, special effects, iconography, and portrayal of its subject matter. So I think, um, is it timeless? 
Um, I would say, yeah. I mean, it's a period piece. Right. It doesn't, I mean, it looks like it's in Henry James's time. Mm -hmm. Um, great, big. I mean, the estate is beautiful. Like the whole, like everywhere that they shoot, um, like in terms of location is gorgeous. It looks great. Yeah. Uh, even as you know, it is in black and white and Mm -hmm. I think, you know, they use that. They mm-hmm. use the light and the darkness quite well, even with her clothing. Yeah, and with the title sequence. Sure. Um, and the end with the prayer hands. Mm-hmm. I, I felt that like that was so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, uh, it looked great. Uh, the writing, the, the acting is great. It, like we were saying, the, you know, it when children are involved in, in terms of acting, you don't know if it's going to be over the top too cheesy and things mm-hmm. like that, but they are legitimately scary. And I think that speaks to the directing and the acting. Yeah. That scene where the boy is uh, reciting the poem. You yeah. remember that? About God not being there anymore. <laughs> where has God gone? Yeah. And then he walks his, uh, what is it? Walks his footsteps from the grave into my room. Yeah. Like, Oh, oh man. It's chilling and he's holding a candle while reciting uh-huh. it and wearing a weird king costume. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> it is so good. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I so mean, I just I think it's a great looking movie. I think it's very well acted. I know that Deborah Kerr was older than um the the governess that's in the book. Mm-hmm. And so I I don't think that necessarily takes away from from it at all. No. Um yeah, I think it, it looks great. I, I love the cinematography and the special effects. It's really like when, speaking of like, you know, when her psychosis is really like in full bloom mm-hmm. per se, um, that's when like all the chaos kind of comes together and collides. Like it kind of yeah. starts with sounds and things see, and then things she's seeing. And then that's all, there's just a moment where it just all comes together where yeah. it's all these different fades and shots and things. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's yeah. good. And it's really smart the way that it, creates the ambiguity because of course in a movie you have to show the ghosts unless you're the haunting which Mm -hmm. didn't but Mm -hmm. um you know this they show the ghosts and and just about every time you start with a reaction from miss giddens and and then then a shot of the ghost and so that i think is just about the the best way to do it to create that ambiguity um, with the exception of one scene when the ghost kind of glides up to the window um, there's a moment where like she's not looking and then she looks and it's there Mm -hmm. Um, so then that also adds to the ambiguity because it it just you know it turns a screw in our Mm -hmm. um, you know uh, debate about whether or not it's actually happening Mm mm-hmm um, so yeah, I, I want to give it a point. I mean, yeah. Truman Capote wrote it. <laughs> yeah. And the, the whole, um, this, this was in the commentary. Um, the whole idea of like, um, I don't know, de- decay, um, is really strong. Like this. this oh yeah. The flat with the roses. Yeah. Everywhere. The roses that fall apart. The statue that has a beetle coming out of it. Well, that, and that—that's um, something too that we were talking about before we started recording. Is that I feel like the symbolism that is in the book comes through so well in the way the movie shot. So yeah, yeah, so the, you know, the um, is it a beetle or a cockroach or something? something? So uh, like a roach or something crawling out of a statue's mouth, um, which goes back to yes, my mommy. Does. <laughs> and then uh, 
And then there's uh, shots with the roses. Roses are everywhere, and then slowly they decay throughout. Yeah, she um, touches some, and they fall apart. And, and back to, again, I, like her wardrobe changes. She's in all black by the end. Yes, which is just like the, the female ghost that right. she sees. So right. she is, like, transformed into her. Yeah. Um, so it's very, I mean, it's very thoughtful mm-hmm. production. They, they put a lot of thought in that effort into this and so yeah absolutely cool all right monster quality uh looking to make sure they're frightening clearly relate to archetypal fears and have depth i feel like all the same monsters come through mm-hmm. uh that we talked about with turn of the screw um i would even say that the monsters to me in this are more frightening because of some of those sequences um with the children like the children really freaked me out yeah let's talk about that kiss (laughs) so there's a moment and this is the moment where i was questioning uh, again the age of miles and also Mm -hmm. just the relationship because she's describing and like lauding Mm -hmm. over miles so much and then there's a moment where they where they kiss it's a good night kiss yeah night mommy but holds on a little too long and it's Uh She enjoys it. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and then at the end, um, or near the end, you have you have the moment where um, he reaches out for her hand, and then and like he smacks the he shakes the So like so suggestive. <laughs> oh yeah, and I just can't believe that this is like nineteen. One, so you creepy. Know, we're just out of the fifties, and it's it's so suggestive. Yeah. And the way he the way he talks is yeah is so creepy. Yeah, and so that that really comes across well in the movie. Yeah, um, more so than the book, I think. Um, I also I can't remember if this was in the book or not. Um, but it it sounds like a Capote line where. The maid um, is describing the affair that was happening, and it it seems to suggest that the children had maybe seen some of what was going on, um, like they they did. Um, I didn't write it down. Uh, she made they they made the room like a dark forest or, or or they they did in what that room what they do in the black forest or something so it's like they are having an affair mm-hmm. and the children like saw them mm-hmm. and so that's very much about like corruption um that she's worried about mm-hmm. and uh just just the title the innocence fits so yeah. well here yeah and i guess that is her worst fear i mean she goes in like we were saying before how naive Mm -hmm. she is and how quick to love them and then to maybe that's what triggers her uh like psychosis is this like reality that wait they're not Mm -hmm. this great or they've been or they're not so it it must be that they're corrupted by spirits and they must be possessed if they're going to act this way yeah yeah and and this version it it makes me i'm more convinced that the ghosts are real in this in the movie, um, in the movie. <clears throat> there's a scene early on she just gets there and she hears someone shouting for flora yeah um and 
then she finds out the maid didn't. And so that seemed to be before anything. Before, Had really started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, it does like add the ambiguity because she doesn't see um, Peter Quinn's face until she sees the picture of right. him. Yeah, he's just a dark figure at the yeah. top of that tower. Until and then so point. when she's remembering it, this is after she's seen the picture, and then we see his face. Hmm. And so it, she's clearly you know, projecting there. But then we also see the teardrop um, on the desk at the mm-hmm. end from Miss Jessel. And so I, I feel like there's more there to suggest that the ghosts are real. Also, like I said, that scene where she is looking one way and then the ghost comes up the other way. It wouldn't be from her imagination if it's there when she's not looking. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, kind of carrying that over, do you feel like you want to give it a point for monster quality? I I do. I, oh, like yeah, I said, absolutely. I'm, Without a doubt, yeah. I'm, I'm scared of those kids. <laughs> uh, but leading into that, is there enough scare factor there? Right. With the idea, like, I, I'm inclined to say yes. I'm glad that they made the decision to make the ghost more real, to mm-hmm. make it less ambiguous. And I think that makes it scarier mm-hmm. um, for me. Oh, I don't know if I was scared enough to give it a point. Yeah, I think the ghosts look creepy. Um, you know, especially the woman in the reeds. Um, just this dark figure. And, and you see... Um, yeah. that, you, see, that's you, the you see stuff that Flora, me that follows. Yeah, yeah. You, you see Flora playing in the foreground, and then uh, she's in the background, and it's just like... It, it's so creepy looking. But I don't know if it goes if it ever goes beyond creepy, like even with the kids, yeah, it's really frightening, creepy and unsettling. Is it scary? Yeah. I, I think this, know. I think we're going to have to do with this. Like we did with, um, haunting of Hill house. It's like great movie. If you are a horror fan, you, you know, need to watch it. You will appreciate it. Um, but is it going to scare you? I don't know. I, I will never like talk to a seven-year-old boy or eight-year-old boy. <laughs> I don't think I ever will do that anymore. <laughs> Sorry, nephew. <You're> just gonna... <laughs> Sorry, nephew. We can't talk anymore. Yeah, you're just going to run in the opposite yeah. direction. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would have a hard time recommending it to the uninitiated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I'm going to say no. I'm not going to give it a point, but I think it's worth honorable mention. Yeah, so I'm not going to give it a point either, but four points still leaves it in the honorable yep. mention. So. Cool. Okay. So we almost have one for the canon. Let's talk about Good Night Mommy. After yes. that Good Night Mommy kiss. <laughs> All right. So this um, was released uh, in 2015. It's an Austrian film. Directed by Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz. Um, Suzanne West plays the mother. And Lucas and Elias uh, Schwartz play Lucas and Elias. Mm-hmm. Um, let's begin. It's a production. Um, there are so many. They, this is a beautiful movie. Yeah. Do so much with color. Mm-hmm. Um, the the scene that stands out for me, and I kind of watched it in two different parts when I originally watched it because I had to pause it. And I ended after the scene, after um, 
it's that uh, sort of vision of the mom walking into the woods and we think we're going to get to see her face unwrapped and she mm-hmm. takes off her clothes and walks uh-huh. into the mud uh, into the woods and she's standing among those really slender trees and she you know there's this whole body dysmorphia yeah. um thing going on with her and when she gets out there into the trees like that was so frightening for me and just so beautiful even i normally don't like uh, i kind of get i've gotten tired of like horror movies where they do the shaky thing the um like the blurred like uh-huh. Um, I don't. What do you want to call that? I, there's a there's a name for oh, it. Oh yeah, I'm sure there is. I don't know. Um, but where they do like the crazy shaking as she does that in the forest and blurs her face. Yeah. I but it's so well done that it did not bother me. It just scared me. Right, and it's so disturbing image. Yeah, and I and I love how it echoes the art that's in the house. Yes. Of like the the blurry woman, like you mm-hmm. can't make out the the woman in the painting and so that goes perfectly i also think it's a beautiful looking movie um it there, there are just so many great visuals like even near the beginning the little the, the boys are jumping on like it's it's solid but it's like muddy underneath or something mm-hmm. and so um they're, they're, they're like literally on like shaky ground mm-hmm. um you know the whole imagery of like the cockroaches or beetles or whatever they mm-hmm. are um it, it, it's on their wall like in their bedroom it's like that's their wallpaper like those yeah. animals the ants and yeah the, and then you have the like terrariums. those dream sequences mm-hmm. where like gets into her mouth or wait mm-hmm. i don't know if that's a dream or not i think they're really doing that yeah but then where they cut her open. And oh, that part. Yeah. That part's yeah. a dream. Um, and then also just the cat in the fish tank. Yes. Um, like just so many really disturbing images. Yeah. Um, contrasted with like the beauty of the countryside and this really like yeah. modern house. Um, I think it looks great. I yeah. really like how quiet the film is. Mm-hmm. Um, it really makes the atmosphere is so much more eerie um, because you get like the twins who do such a good job. Um, they, they just, you know, have these like quiet looks and you just, you know, they're thinking something evil, but you don't know what they're thinking. Well, what I like about the movie and maybe this goes into monster quality is that it leads you in the direction to believe that, um, that the kids are the ones who are innocent trying to escape. They're not the ones with the evil intent. It's the mom that is, but then as it progresses, they become the ones yeah. who are evil. And again, it's like, I think I'm glad you mentioned the sound because this is one of those movies that uses the silence. And what is it about like creepy kids playing creepy songs? Like <laughs> yeah. they, with the piano, they do uh-huh. that. And yeah. it's just really eerie. So I, yeah, production, I got to give it a point. So monster quality. Monster quality. So what are the monsters? Well, the twins. Yeah. Ultimately. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the twist at the end where we realized that Lucas was dead. And so um, Elias is, is the only one remaining. And, and so it's his paranoia. Um, his mom is really his mom, right? Right. She didn't. Um, she didn't become a different person. It's Elias who 
really can't come to terms with the death of Lucas. Right. Um, he says, you know, my real mom would have known what Lucas was doing. Um, and so that sense of, you know, refusing to accept grief or death or, or grieving, um, or, or maybe survivor's guilt yeah. too, like feeling guilty for Lucas dying. Do you feel like the mom has that too? I mean, that's, is, or does she have separate issues like with the body dysmorphia I, and then she also, because she's depressed mm -hmm. clearly by staying in bed um, and sort of being absent from. The second time I watched it, I was 100% on the mom's side. So yeah, I felt, oh, really? I felt really bad for her. Like throughout. she's, so she's maybe she's depressed because she's coping with um, the way that he's dealing with his grief. You're thinking. Right. I mean, because her, her son, you know, keeps pretending that um, her other, her dead mm -hmm. son is still around. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. You, you said that you saw it coming, right? The twist. Uh, that's, that's the thing. And I was, I guess that leads us into scare factor uh, with that. Well, let's, okay. So monster quality, do you want to give it a point? Yeah, I'll, I'll say one more thing about monster quality. I, I think, and, and this can kind of go into scare factor. Um, it reminds me of um, Freud's version of, or Freud's definition of un, the uncanny, um, which after listening to a Faculty of Horror episode, I, I reread uh, Freud's essay, and it's about this idea of like, it, it's scary when something is similar to what you're familiar with, but it's not quite the same. And I think that's why twins are freaky. Um, and I think that's why this idea of your mom not really being your mom is freaky. And so I think it, this film uses that idea of the uncanny very well. Yeah. So I, I'm going to give it a point. Yeah, I have to give it a point too, because even when, whether you, you're at that point in the movie where you're looking at, the mom is a monster or where you see the kids, like once they start torturing her. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's great. I think it has depth for all those reasons. Yeah. What well, there's a, there's a disorder too. There's a disorder where um, maybe is it part of schizophrenia? Like where you believe, like, you know, it's that person, but you feel like that is an imposter oh, of that person. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. I have to look it up. Um, but that's like, it might be actual, part of schizophrenia. Is it? Maybe. Uh, yeah. You can't confirm that. Okay. <laughs> I just know that that's a yeah. disorder. Um, so yeah, I have to give it a point for monster quality for sure. Okay. Um, so, so scare, scare factor. factor. Going back to that idea about the ending where it's revealed where he, you know, the, the second twin, Lucas, doesn't actually exist. Um, yeah, I think it's after, it's after like the second or third time where the mom refuses to set out like another plate. Mm -hmm. or, uh, or really acknowledge that Lucas is there. First, you kind of get the feeling that it's a punishment that Lucas yeah. did something. Um, but I feel like at least halfway through the movie, you're like, oh, like he's he's dead. I admit to not realizing it until the end. Oh, really? Um, I think it's because I wasn't paying enough attention to like, I, I, because the twins, they since they look alike, I didn't pick up on the fact that like it was always Lucas that was like being ignored or punished or something. It just looked like one of them 
mm-hmm. you know. So, um, but but having said that, like I, I did see it again. Did and, yeah? Did it ruin it for you? Or make it any less scary? No, I think it made it more effective um, because you you know you can see that it they they had built it in since the beginning. Like there there there's nothing that really contradicts contradicts that notion that Lucas is absolutely dead. The only thing that's kind of left up in the air is the end where you have the image of them as a family together. And so then you wonder, well, is, did they all die in the fire Mm -hmm. or is Elias still alive and he's just imagining his real mother and Lucas. And I don't know if it's important that we like know for sure. Just like with turn of the screw, it's, it's meant to be ambiguous. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but, but I think that, I think that there's enough there for me to say that it's it's scary. Yeah, I think I I I feel like I want to give it a point too because even though um, maybe saw that coming, mm-hmm. I, it was still there's so many parts of it that are consistently scary from the beginning to end, mm-hmm. um, and I really think that has a for me personally a lot to do with the production and the imagery. Just mm-hmm. like you said, cat in the fish tank, bugs in her mouth, cutting her stomach open, mm-hmm. even when they start to torture her. Um, that's just so terribly frightening. The things that the kids come up with, yeah. Um, and there's no arguing against it. Like she's not going to be able to reason mm-hmm. with him yeah. as a child that no, I'm your mom. You need to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's frightening. It, it makes me think of uh, this quote from Alfred Hitchcock, um, where he says, "Shock is when people are at a table and it blows. There's an explosion. A bomb goes off." And then suspense is when you know there's a bomb under the table, but the characters don't. And so you're waiting to see, like, what happens. And so I think this is the kind of twist where, like, even if you see it coming, I think it just, like... You don't see, what like, what's going to happen. Exactly. You don't know where it's going. And even if you do know where it's going, it's still, like, it's so unsettling and so uncomfortable um that it doesn't take away from the scare factor yeah and i feel like it's going to continue to be scary i i would even i mean this would be a good one to recommend to the uninitiated i think it's kind of one of those movies that could be um a gateway to watching um you know other foreign horror movies oh, you know uh, absolutely which we need to do we, ha- we need to do like let the right one in and oh yeah we'll have time for that we'll, yeah. we'll get to it cool so, so yeah, got yeah, one in the can. Right. I think it deserves it. I think so too. Well, good. So we have Good Night Mommy in the canon, and then the turn of the screw and the innocence in honorable mention. Yeah. Productive productive podcast. Yes. Adding it to the list. Okay. So uh next time we are going to visit the Unknown reaches the outer of limits. Space. <laughs> yeah. Um, the black. And we are going to watch Alien and Under the Skin. Although Under the Skin, it is set on Earth, but there is an alien in it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So one of our big questions is, is can we, can we put this in our horror canon? Or is it more appropriate for sci-fi having to do with aliens? Right. And so, how are the monsters portrayed? Right. So I think we'll have a lot to talk about. Yeah. So great. I'm excited. So we will see you in two weeks. Um, Please uh, check out our website and you can find 
more about this episode on unoyasolstice.com, E-U-N-O-I-A-S-O-L-S-T-I-C-E.com. Pencils down, the terror test is over. Mm-hmm.